Well, the question we'll be exploring today as we continue on this journey to freedom, this Exodus journey, is just why? You know, why did, did God um, initiate this journey? What, what is God's purpose? And we've been hammering this regularly each time that we gather, that God wants to lead God's people into freedom. And, and He wants to, to lead them into freedom to do what God wants them to do. Remember, I mean, I told you, I'd tell you this, remind us this every week, because uh, our, our American understanding of freedom, our Western understanding of freedom is that we're free to do what we want to do. That is not Christian freedom. Christian freedom is that we are freed then to do what God would want us uh, to do. And God's purpose, this I know, I know this, always be careful when somebody tells you what God wants for you. Always be, be, you know, sort of listen with a little grain of salt there. But on this one, I know. I mean, I don't know if he wants to make you a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker. I have no idea. But, well, I might have a few ideas. But what I do know is that he wants you and me to become more and more like Christ. That I know. It is throughout the Scriptures, and that is the purpose of this journey, that we are freed to live with God. And as we live with God, we will become more and more like Him. And you'll find it throughout the Scriptures. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 3.18 and in Romans 9. Um, says this. Here's 2 Corinthians 3.18. And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as they're reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image. We are being transformed into the image of the Lord by His power. Uh, Romans uh, 9.29. Paul says the, the same thing. This, this is a great Presbyterian. This, is even the, this includes Presbyterians because it uses the word predestined. <laughs> the thing is, we think we're predestined for heaven. No! What we're predestined to be is conformed to the image of Jesus. That's what we're chosen for. That's what we're elect to do. That's what we're predestined to be. To become more and more in the image of Jesus. And that is why we're on this journey of freedom. Jesus says the same thing. In Matthew, uh, Matthew quotes Jesus as saying, I want you to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That that is our journey. Maturity. A lot of you know that word, perfect. Teleos. That it's maturing. We are maturing in Christ. And then Luke quotes Jesus as saying, I want you to be as merciful as your Father is merciful. That is the purpose of our journey. It is not on this journey just to get us out of trouble. It's not just to to get... I mean, God's people were being oppressed. It's not just to get them out of oppression. It's not just to to lead them into the promised land. It it is a higher calling, calling a people so that they will become conformed more and more into the image of God. More and more into the likeness of Christ. And that 
is our purpose on this journey as well. To become more and more like Jesus. Now, you might think about that and say, you know, you sh- do you know me? I mean, you think that God is going to be able to lead me, to lead us, to lead the people on my pew. I mean, I know them. There's no way that God is going to work in us to become more and more like Christ. Oh, ye of little faith. What we see in our passage today is not only the purpose of this journey, but that God provides every step of the way if, we're willing to travel with Him. We're going to look at Exodus 16 and 19 and see God's provision and purpose for this journey with Him and to Him. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give You thanks for this time to gather. Thank You for Your Word that, that speaks of us, of Your purposes and Your plans May your spirit help us to hear from you, to experience you anew in this time together, to receive from you, to take another step or two on the journey with you and to you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, Exodus uh, chapter 16. If you've got your pew Bibles, you want to look there, it's on page 55. And if you um, have them open there, stay with them um, uh, because we'll... Um, uh, look uh, just briefly at the other, um, uh, really, headings to see all the ways that God provides. Uh, but here's, here's one, um, Exodus 16. Now, by this time, um, God has, has taken the people of, of uh, uh, Israel, taken them out of Egypt. You know, he's released them from slavery. He did all the, the ten plagues and all that, you know, and Passover. The firstborn is, um, was, was killed in, in, of all the Egyptians, and, and now he's taken them to the, the, the sea, split the sea. The, Egypt, the, the Israelites walked on dry land on the seabed, and then as the Egyptians came, the waters came crashing in upon them. Now they're on the other side with all of that behind them. And here's what happens. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elam. And Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because He has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against Him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. 
Now, I find this passage extremely encouraging. I find it so encouraging. It has nothing to do with God and everything to do with the complaining Israelites. I mean, come on. Could God have chosen a more whiny group of people? To be the one that are going to be his people. This is awesome. And I can look at them and say, I'm not that bad. At least I don't think so. I mean, talk about what have you done for me lately. I mean, they, they have an epic virus. Worse even than mine. And yet God. It's so much about God's maturity. God's the mature one. God's the good one. He's loving. I mean, I, I have to admit, after I read the first three verses and heard them complaining, knowing all that had happened before to get them where they were, I ran for cover. And I thought it was time for the wrath of the Lord, but man, He is slow to anger and quick to forgive. And then provide. Because he's, he's got a purpose for these people. That is part of his, his goodness, his mercy, his plan for the all of creation. So we see, and, and from this passage, I mean every time that we open the refrigerator, we, we ought to sing, praise the Lord. I mean, that's what he says. I mean, every evening when the meat comes, because what the Lord's going to do, he's going to provide meat in the evening, and then every morning he's going to buy provide bread that's uh, called if you read on if you've read this week it's manna which basically means what is it that's what manna is what it means what is it but it's this bread that god provides for his people every day for 40 years every time that we we open the refrigerator and, and see the gallon of milk we ought to be saying praise the lord the lord has provided manna and, and every evening if we're at the grill which, yeah, first one of the season, yesterday. He's saying, praise the Lord. He has provided meat for us to eat. And he did that for the Israelites for 40 years. God provides what we need on this journey. So do not think that you're outside the provision of God's work in you to make you more and more like Christ. If you're not dead, then he's not done. And you may think that you are. Be sure to correct that. Be sure. The question to be asking is, all right, Lord, what are you working on me now? How are you making me more and more like Jesus? Because he's going to provide. He doesn't just provide food here, but the next chapter, uh, over in verse 17, he provides water. They complain that they need water. Yeah, this is yeah, great. I mean, just if you need something, complain to the Lord. Yeah, see what He does. He may say, stop whining. Or He, he may provide exactly what you need, sort of to call your bluff. And then He provided protection in, in uh, the second part of chapter 17. Uh, Amalek came to, to destroy the Israelites and he provided protection through Joshua. And then in uh, chapter 18, Jethro's Moses' father-in-law comes on the scene. He provides them organization so as to not burn Moses out, so as to not d- destroy the people. He says, here's how you provide a, an organization of judgment for the people to, to handle the disputes. He's providing every step of the way so that they will fulfill the purpose that he has 
for them that he outlines then in chapter 19. Come page uh, 57, and we'll look then there at God's um, outlining his purpose. Now, now this is just, if you turn the page, the, the next chapter are the Ten Commandments, where he, he meets with Moses on the law, uh, on the Mount, Mount Sinai, and, and provides them the law before them. But, but now he's setting the scene for providing here their guidance and saying, again, this is your purpose. Uh, I'm going to just read through verse uh, 6. I think that captures it. On the third new moon, this is Exodus 19. On the third new moon, after the Israelites had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They had journeyed from Rephidim, uh, entered the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore... If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. Let's camp out there, especially verse 4 and 5. Is God is telling Moses, now this is why all this is happening. This is why I, I destroyed the Egyptians. This is why I bore you on eagles' wings. Why I have carried you to this point. And, and did you see that this was the aha for me? I almost fell out of my chair. So that I bore you on eagles' wings to bring you where? Not to the promised land. Not to a happy, healthy life. Not to fulfill your dreams. All those are good things that may happen. I brought you to myself, God says. I've done this so that you would have freedom to walk with me in life. See, when you walk with God, we become more like God. It's, you know, it's like some of the people here. You know, they, they get mad at me because they're saying y'all now. Uh, I'm trying to help them, refine them along the way. But guess what? Guess what I've started doing? If I don't understand somebody, I say please. Yeah. You know, you, you hang out long enough, you start picking up the habits. God has brought us to himself, not a project, but a relationship. And then, you shall, and, and we're to be his treasured possession. Priestly kingdom and a holy nation. That's what we are. God's treasured possession. 
prized possession. Do you see us being that to God? Being part of who God has has called out, who who He treasures and possesses. That we are His. That He's going to provide. He's going to take care because we belong to Him. We have been bought with a price. Of his own son. So we are his treasured possession. You got a treasured possession somewhere, you know, I, that, that you just that you've kept throughout the years. Uh, Dennis Rich, I didn't ask if I could share this story, and he's not here right now. So. Uh, um, but uh, I'll apologize to him, but I think he's okay with it um, because he, he got pickpocketed last uh, weekend. And in his wallet was a ticket, a meal ticket, that he had from Baptist church camp when he was a kid. And they told him when he was there, whatever you do, don't lose the meal ticket. And it had stamped on it, do not lose the meal ticket. And he's kept that ticket for, since 1977. Prized possession. How much more so are we the prized possession of our Father in Heaven who has bought us with a price? A priestly kingdom. We're we're a kingdom of priests. It's what we are. It's what God has... this This is New Testament language usually. We don't talk about this. We talk about the priest being certain people. The Levitical priest and the Aaronic priest. No, here God's people are to be priests. What do priests do? Priests are the ones that go between God and the rest of the people that don't know God. That's what we are. That was His purpose, to make us more and more like Him so that we would be that conduit, that go-between. We would be the people that are really on display before the world. We're the display window for the world to see the way of God, how we treat one another. I really think that this, this fits well with our connect, serve, and celebrate. We, how we connect with one another in the midst of all of our varied differences, race, economics, different backgrounds and traditions, different capacities and abilities, different preferences, but we connect together unified in Jesus. I mean, Jesus said as much, right? When hey, you love one another, the world will know you're my disciples. We are a priestly kingdom, and that's been God's purpose for leading us out of slavery into freedom freedom for thousands of years. And then, serve, how we serve, then we are to be that holy nation, set apart. Set apart. To be serving the world like Jesus serves the world. Not just to be on display, but to be in the midst of them. We celebrate where his prized possession. We serve and we connect as God's holy nation and God's kingdom of priests.
That's the purpose for which He has called us on this journey of freedom. On this journey of becoming that people, of being His treasured possession, of being His kingdom of priests, of being His holy nation, we know, as crazy as that sounds, that He's going to take us, this motley crew, and make us into these people that He promises to provide. He promises to provide all that is necessary for us to be that people for His glory. Peter really said the same thing in one of his letters. The same thing, he's he's really sort of quoting God here and thousands of years later telling us as Jesus followers that we're to do the same. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. In in a way, Peter's just summarizing the Exodus journey in one sentence. That's why we're on this journey together. To be that people for that purpose. Called out of slavery into freedom to proclaim His mighty acts. It's interesting, both in in a a translation of Exodus and also later on or earlier in Peter's passage, uh, he calls us, um, calls God's people a peculiar people. It's one of the, the translations of this, that we are a peculiar people. That the journey of freedom is not to fit in. The journey of freedom is to be a peculiar people who are sold out for Christ. And to be living according to to His likeness. In a world where that may be seeming more and more unusual and weird. Now our habit today as we come before the table is we, we, we celebrate God's provision over and over again. Um, the first thing we'll do, there'll be elders throughout the sanctuary who will... Pray for you. They're healing stations, prayer stations.